I went and grabbed my back later on. And it I was, was like, soaking Why didn't you wet. Tell me it was this wet. I it's told like I you, just got out of the pool. You should get Botox on your armpits or something so you don't sweat that much. The, the sweat's on my butt. Well, not then my you pits. need Botox. I need Botox in your butt. on my pits to stop my ass sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Welcome back to the Shaken Not Scared podcast, a podcast where we talk about classic and modern horror movies while we try to come up with a theme drink to go with it. Here with you as always, your hosts, Eric and Vivi. Today we're going to be talking about the 1977 movie Suspiria, directed by Dario Argento, the first of his The Three Mothers trilogy. But before we get into this, how are you, Vivi? I am excited. I really like this movie. I'm also sweaty. It is really hot today. Uh, ew. <laughs> <laughs> what, you ask? It's humid. It is humid. I think it's going to rain, which would go great with the theme of this movie since it rains it 90% of the doesn't time. doesn't stop raining. Yeah. <laughs> well, it hasn't rained like that in a while here. No. A complete storm with thunder and lightning. What did we do this week? I attended a couple of webinars to help make this podcast a little better. A little bit better. Did it work? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I also attended this other thing that I just joined randomly that was put on by some NASA innovators. I know it's not like the aesthetic of our show, but I do like science. So they were talking about some... What do you mean? There's tons of science in horror. I mean, yes, but not real science. Or sometimes there is, I guess. Uh, Reanimator is a science fiction... You know, it's cool how scientific the effects are, too. Oh, yeah, real technical. They were talking about some pretty interesting stuff. They were talking about this thing called the Lunar Crater Radio Telescope, which is apparently a telescope that they're planning, or it's a concept to put a telescope on the moon. So the aliens can see us? So that we can see the aliens. Apparently, our Earth has this thing called the ionosphere that gets in the way. So if we put a satellite on the moon, that won't interfere and we can see more aliens. That's scary. Aliens. Aliens is the point of your NASA seminar. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see it for the science. I saw it for the the aliens. aliens. And then this other guy talked about Venus and how they're trying to come up with like a, a rover that can survive on other planets. And so he put the example of Venus. Every planet has its own atmosphere and Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do know this. Is it Venus, the one that has lead rain and like acid snow or something like that? I'm not the person to ask that question. <laughs> they didn't answer that in the... That's something I've read somewhere else is that it's metal as hell on Venus. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> Or it might be Mercury. I think Mercury oh. is the one that has lead snow and acid rain. It was pretty cool. It's funny to see like super nerdy people talk for an hour. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just don't have like a green screen behind us yet. <laughs> yeah, we also saw some family in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, our favorite place. Your favorite place. You? Yeah, it was cool. Your aunt had some really creepy stories that I don't know if we can share. I asked her if she wants to be on the show. I know that she said that there were specific things she can't say, but it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, she told us some messed up stories. So stay tuned if we ever do that. If we can convince her. Or we'll just redact all the things that can't be said. Well, now they know it's in Wisconsin, so maybe we should bleep where we said we went this weekend. Would that work? I wonder if that's enough. We didn't say where in Wisconsin. Hmm. We buttfuck Wisconsin like buttfuck Illinois. Our favorite place. But... Creepy content. What'd you watch this week? What'd you do? Well, we watched everything together. We actually hung out (laughs) this week like the husband and wife we are. Yeah, we've been busy with work like the last three weeks and have not done anything fun. No, and we just, instead of watching something long, we just watched a bunch of shorts, including El Gigante, directed by, and both of these are actually were, were directed by Gigi Saul Guerrero. But well, I did not know Shutter. about, but you told me about because you found it on a tweet. It was Nightmare on 5th Street that tweeted having seen El Gigante and Mistress of Bones, and I think it was Gigi Guerrero who responded to them and said, like, thanks. 
Yeah. Which is really cool. That's cool. There are a couple of shorts. The Eleganthes on Shudder. And it was like, Which what, we watched. Minutes? Yeah, it was like 13 minutes. I'm not a fan of gore for the sake of gore's sake. And it, I feel like this film was like that. And it was depressing. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what vibe you were giving off because you, you were sitting down next to me. And I, once I saw the stuff that was happening, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is Evie's jam. And I kept turning to look at you and you were just like squinting through your eyes. Because I kept waiting for something to happen. And it was just more violence. And, you know, without giving spoilers, it's just not my jam. The mm. Mistress of Bones one was interesting. Because it's like we watched it and then we started talking about how we don't know a lot about like the gods in Mexico. like mm-hmm. The Aztec gods. and Yeah, like how there's Greek mythology. Like we don't know a lot about our own mythology. Which is shame on us, obviously. Yeah, but also not that many resources on it. And cool that this short film talked about it. We found it through a YouTube channel that we saw had a bunch of short films that we'll probably check more out on. Do you remember the name? It was Crypt TV on YouTube. This one, I was actually surprised with the year. So El Gigante came out in 2014. Okay. I don't know if it was always on Shudder. I don't know how old Shudder is. But Shudder's been around for a couple of years. Mistress of Bones came out last year, so I'm assuming it was released in the middle of the quarantine. Well, it's a good time. El Gigante reminded us of what you would call a Mexican Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A little different, but like same vibes. Gives you a kind of idea to check it out. Cool stuff. And then we also watched, this was recommended by you. It is. It's not really super creepy. It's kind of more of a family movie, but it's called The Mitchells versus The Machines. So it's... It's a cartoon where a family deals with, like, the robot apocalypse. So, I guess, maybe you could say it's creepy. It was a super cute, hilariously animated, weird animation. It was done by the same people who did Into the Spider-Verse. I believe so, and I think you could kind of tell in some of their styles. And I was like, is this where animation is going? Because it involves so many internet memes and styles. It makes me think of, like, Gumball. You know how Gumball oh, has a Gumball. combination of... Yeah, no, this is not horror-related at all. <laughs> but it's it reminds me of Gumball. If you haven't seen Gumball, the animation style is just a combination of so many different types of animations. So you've got, like... There's a lot of shows like that now, I think. It's cartoon. It's uh, 3D animation. There's, like, an actual T-Rex. There's a banana that looks like an actual banana that was just photographed. Also not on <laughs> the topic of horror, but what we've been watching a lot is uh, My Hero. Oh, so good. And they also have a ton of different animation styles because like Lemillion is like done like the old speed racer type. He reminds me a lot of what you would think of a ball boy from. Oh, yes. That's what I meant. It was like 50s cartoons. No, there's like one. It was one specifically. I have to look it up. But the animation reminds me of that. And then some of the characters are done super realistic American version of anime. It's this latest. Literally all my looks like a comic book. Oh, straight up a comic book. Yeah. So it's been, what, season four is what we're catching up on. Again, not creepy, but that's what we've been watching all week. There's creepy themes, because the villains are actually really Oh, really, really brutal, yeah. Yeah, so if, I mean, it's, again, not horror theme, but there are horror themes in it if you can look for them. I'm sure everyone's checked it out. It's like one of the most popular animes right now. One of the villains' literal power is that if he touches you, he can disintegrate your body. Yeah, decay. And, yeah, yeah, it's decay. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this week's cocktail? You are super excited because not only are we just doing our cocktail thing like usual, but we have finished... A class. By Tipsy Bartender. Who is uh, super popular on YouTube. I'm sure you know who he is. I had So I had heard of him before and I started looking up drink videos from him because... Uh-huh. We took, one who, we took the class. We took the class, yeah, and I've heard his name before, but I didn't realize that his videos weren't always as detailed as his classes were. So I was like, what would make somebody not just follow YouTube yeah, versus the class? Yeah, that's the thing, because I've seen all his, not all of them, but I like, you know, when you look up drink ideas, he's like the first one to pop up. And but he goes so fast. Yes, the class is definitely more like, we learned a little bit about tequila, a little bit about whiskey and like mixing. It's not a substitute class for being a bartender. He's still 
got to do that. But it's like good to learn tricks at home. And you made a drink that you were super proud of. I'm so annoying. <laughs> I've just been looking at my phone like, look, it's got 10 more likes. I've never had a post go that. Cool. It's not actually that it's viral. Not viral. It's not viral. <laughs> it's viral for me, okay? I've never had a post go that high. But it had like 140 likes because I posted it to some of the cocktail Facebook groups that I'm on. It has like 140 and counting likes on it. It's called the Barbados Surprise. I'm pretty sure that it's called the Barbados Surprise because all the rum and blue curacao at the top sit. Is the alcohol. So when you put your straw in, you were like, this just tastes like orange juice. And I was like, yeah, well, it's been probably... And then all of a probably... sudden, rum. Oh, all the entire end is rum, which is a surprise, I'm assuming. We'll probably post it in the creepy content post so people can see... And add more your, likes. ...your cool skills. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not a cocktail person. You are a poor beer person. I'm about to surprise Neat you and everybody else. Person. You're about to be better <laughs> at it than I am. No. No, I can't beat you. <laughs> <laughs> but with those skills, I made a cocktail today. So if you've seen Suspiria... There's a couple things about it that are really iconic. And the first thing is the coloring of this film. It is done in pinks, reds, and blues. And like so many scenes are shot through that. And sometimes green. And sometimes green, that? which is why we got a cucumber in here. Oh, good. Yeah. So I think that's just Argento style. Italian horror. Oh, I guess that's something we should mention. This is the first time we do Italian horror, which is like a huge deal. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a dubbed film, like as in it was originally filmed Italian with the dubbed English. Yeah. But I was lip reading and it I think it actually all was done in English, is it? Really? We'll have to confirm if someone knows. I thought that us. was gonna be in your fun facts actually. It wasn't. I have actually really interesting fun facts for this one, unlike nice. a lot of other movies we've covered. But wait, wait, <laughs> we haven't even talked about this drink. Yes. I don't know what to call it. I didn't realize it was a cucumber. I thought it was like a lemon peel or something. <laughs> That's a really now long I'm lemon peel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought you just like wrapped, you know, oh, like swirled all it? The way around. Mm. Yeah, because I got some giant limes. I you did get some giant lemons. <laughs> I only needed like one for both of these. Oh, well, I said limes. I can't tell the difference between You really lime can't. And lemon. It's because in Spanish you say limones, and someone else who speaks Spanish will correct me, but every time I've always heard limon, it's the green one. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me think lemon in English is the green one. But it's the, what, no, it's it's the, the opposite. One. I'm still, I'll always be confused. As yeah, <laughs> I think you will too. When Let's I send see. you to get some, I'm like, the green ones and the yellow ones. <laughs> Brainstorming? Um, Just shoot a bunch of names at it. Here we go. Mm, the mother. The mother. What else? What else? Hold on. You could call this the Marquez. The Marquez. Yeah, because it was Helena Marquez was the original witch. Ah, uh, yes. Was it Marquez or Marquise? Marquise. I don't know. Again, this is dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll figure so that gonna out. Call it the Marquise? We're going to call it the Marquez. Marquise. Wow. Fancy. So there was like, I saw this film and immediately thought Empress Gin. And if you don't know about Empress Gin, it is a blue gin that when citrus is added to it, changes colors. So it's blue already. You add lemon, it could turn pink. Or if you add other ingredients, you could get it to be a darker blue color. It's really versatile. I've got a layered drink here that has red at the bottom, a pink center, and then a blue top. And I topped it with Prosecco because Prosecco is Italian. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. The silence speaks volumes. Well, it's because I, I keep taking bigger and bigger sips to see if combining the ingredients makes it taste different. It's definitely got a lot of flavors going on, so I don't know how this drink is going to taste in the end. I think that's why I'm pausing because I'm like... I. I can't tell if I taste a lot of cucumber or a lot of Prosecco but or you do. a lot of both. <laughs> it's a minty cucumber Prosecco combination with... This is nice. I like it. It's not, not it made is... for me. It's not super sweet and it's refreshing, actually. I feel like you always call my drinks refreshing. It, it like reminds me of like a spritz. I You know, champagne is just something I feel like you drink in the summer weathers. This is know? super fancy, too. Mm -hmm. I could see this being like... Served at a gala. Fifteen dollars. Yeah, no, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. But I made a backup drink because the poop drink. 
the poop drink. Because when I told you my two ideas, you're like, that one sounds like it would taste better. And That one that you served? Yeah, this one right here. Okay. It's called, it's straight from their website. It's called the Drink Me. And all I did was like top it with Prosecco instead of club soda. But it's one of those drinks that only looks pretty when you're layering it at first and the colors mix. And then it sits. It just looks like a purpley drink. You said it just straight up looks like poop. It looks like poop. I want to try this one too. I didn't realize it was purple. I just actually yeah, thought it was brown. Yeah, actually like, <laughs> okay, this is kind of gross, but do you see it's got glitter? And oh yeah, I guess it does. I should have brought a spoon. You just used your finger. Oh, dead. You put your finger in my drink. Who does that? You're going to like that one better. You think so? Yeah. No, I like that one better. The other one. Really? Because yeah. that one has mezcal. I mean, I do like the mezcal. You're like, you know mezcal. what? Just oh, yeah. add mezcal to this one and it'll mm. work. Yes, please do add mezcal to the other <laughs> I one. I think I could. That would be another weird combination of flavors, though. Gin and mezcal with pepino. Yeah. And Prosecco. And Prosecco. Just trying to get drunk. I do like this one, too, though. It's good. It's not as pretty, though. We'll post both? No, we'll make that one the drink for something else. Yeah. A poop movie. A poop movie. But... This stuff. What would you rate my cocktail? The original one, not the poop. Not the poop. I keep bringing the poop up. We get it. You shouldn't have. Called shouldn't have it called that. It that. Yeah. <laughs> the rating? Three and a half. Three and a half. Man. I'm going to give myself a five. Because it's pretty and it's pretty tasty. Usually when a drink is pretty, it's not good. Yes, that's true. You're right. It's a three. I, I give it a three five because it is great. Ugh. Presentation is amazing. But I only got a three. Okay, four. Five. Thank you. Pressure, peer pressure. The lasers. That Again, you've given. never given one of my drinks a five. I don't think I'm going to give cocktails a five person. Guess we should just end the podcast. No. <laughs> one day we'll find it. Now that we have cocktail skills. We're going to. We're going to find that number five. For you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna zero for you. I don't know. What the- <laughs> it's going to be neat. So are you ready to talk about this movie? Let's go. Do you have a brief before I get into some fun facts? I do. But again, just wanted to ask what you thought about this movie since it's our first Italian. I'm excited that we're covering Italian horror finally since we watched Into the Darkness 2 and they had a whole segment about it that they didn't cover the first time. But this is that piece where they were saying that if you weren't from Italy, you wouldn't understand it. And I was like, well, I mean, there's not much to not understand. This it's pretty straightforward. Pretty good. Yeah. The first time I had seen it, I told you this while we were watching, is I don't understand why I didn't know what was going on the first time. And I was like, watching it this time, I was like, man, this, this movie is actually pretty straightforward. <laughs> there's, there's nothing confusing <laughs> about it at all. It kind of is confusing when you're first watching it. I guess we can talk about it. I'll go into the overview if you're ready. Okay. So this is from IMDb. Susie travels to Germany to attend ballet school. When she arrives late on a stormy night, no one lets her in, and she sees Pat, another student, fleeing from the school. When Pat reaches her apartment, she is murdered. The next day, Susie is admitted to her new school, but has a difficult time settling in. She hears noises and often feels ill. As more people die, Susie uncovers the terrifying secret history of the place. Dun dun dun. Wow. That, yeah, that, that gives away the whole plot, basically. Really does, and it definitely diminishes the role of other characters. <laughs> There's more going on, yeah. Because Susie's not the one who figures it out. She no. definitely has a lot of help. <laughs> She's too busy being wine drunk the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun facts. I like that. Yeah, the fun facts. Ready? These are coming from Grindhouse database. It's a different site. Wow. The <laughs> Dario Argento worked with the band named Goblin to put together the music for the film. In order to bring out actual fear and uneasiness from the actors, Argento actually had the music play at full blast on set. The music is a huge part of this film. It is great and definitely builds terror when there is no terror. Yes. There's a specific scene where the music cuts and you're like, what? It's boring without the music. <laughs> Apparently, this isn't part of my fun facts, but the band, you know how it sounds like there's chanting? 
Yeah. Like Apparently, it's it... like a lot of it's just gibberish. Yeah. Like it's not actually them saying anything. I thought it was a witch. According to one of the band members. Chance. The, the witch is actually them going. Like, yeah. Whoosh. Yeah. The the music is great. It makes me, like if I were to hear it this music, I'd be like, this is Suspiria music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But so the original idea for the movie was for the ballet school to be for young girls under 12. But the studio, including his father, who was apparently the producer, rejected it thinking that it would be too gruesome if it involved children and would get banned. I think it would because this was, what, 77? We mm-hmm. haven't really seen that many child deaths on film. We'd maybe seen, like, child zombies, like, with Night of the Living Dead, but that would have been screen. gruesome. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it was, like, shot-for-shot shot children instead of adults. It'd be yeah. messed up, for sure. Also, if you're giving children wine. I don't, well, well, in Europe, that's normal. Drinking wine with every meal. You mean like in every anime, how we see children literally drinking wine? Is that a thing? Someone. Yeah, I think the U.S. is just weird with alcohol because wine is like served with every meal in like a lot of other countries. Yeah. This next one is is a combination of fun facts that I just figured I could clump them in together because it has a lot to do with Dario Argento's girlfriend at the time, who was also co-writer of the movie, Hmm. Daria Nicoldi. So, so same name almost as her boyfriend? Yeah, her, his name is Dario, her name's Daria. So the film was originally supposed to star Daria Nicolding, mm-hmm. but they ended up going with a younger actress, and she ends up voicing Helena... Damn, he really said, like... You too old. You too old, you're gonna voice the 100-year-old lady in this <laughs> film. <laughs> that might be why they broke up. After reading this fun fact, I was like, I can't imagine... I guess, no offense to Daria, I don't, I don't know, how old was she at the time, right? For her to oh, play the old lady's she voice. She was 27, an old maid. And the actress he picked was 26. Yeah. Oh my god, I look 20. Yes. He was also inspired by stories of Daria's grandmother, who allegedly fled a music academy in Germany because it was feared witchcraft was being practiced there. Oh, that's awesome. And there's probably more fun facts like this because obviously Daria was a co-writer, so she had a huge influence on the film. But the finale was also inspired by a dream that Daria had. So she said that she dreamt like a witchy character that would that's kind of invisible and a panther exploded in her dream that's cool it's kind of sad though that like dario argento is credited with this crazy film and it was a lot of her work i'm sure it goes in hand with like a lot of the other things we've talked about before about how a lot of people are mad that like stan lee is the one who's credited with most of marvel work but no one ever hears about like steve ditko and uh, these other creators but I think what happens is if you're the head of this effort or this work, you get it credited. You get more. the most recognition, yeah. So, but no, I, I was reading these and I was like, why isn't Daria talked about more? More prominently, yeah. yeah. Maybe she doesn't play a huge role in the, the later trilogy, which is Inferno. And, I uh, have not seen those. I was actually so surprised to learn that it was part of a trilogy because I like really like this movie. So I think Inferno came out in 1980, and Mother of Tears came out a little later. This movie also comes out before any of the slashers. Right? Yes. Yeah, 77. So... I think Texas Chainsaw was 74, was that? Yes. But I think people argue that Texas is not the classic slasher like Michael is. Miss Voorhees, because it's not Jason. Yeah. We're going to have to do uh, part two and three, because again, I keep hearing that they're better than the first one. And man, does that movie have a following, because that is our Friday. most listened to episode. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys. We're at 600 downloads now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So at the really... time of recording this. Yeah. So really cool. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Just real quick. Congratulations, Yessie, my <laughs> sister, for getting her master's. I forgot to mention that at the top of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> woo, woo. Another unaccredited woman, apparently. <laughs> but is that it for fun facts? It is. Yep. There was not much else. 
There was like a lot of like weird, weird nuance stuff that I was in, and people don't really care about that. They can look it up themselves. Look it up yourself. But let's dive in. Keeping on the theme of doing a quick Time. run through, Vivi's gonna do this one because she picked this since yeah. she was the one who voted on Twitter. I was the only one who voted on Twitter. Uh, we didn't have a lot of Twitter followers at the time. We have more now. So yeah, thank you also for following us on Twitter. This is gonna be a huge thank you episode. <laughs> We've done nothing. Thank you. <laughs> Are you ready for me? Let's you go. Got a timer going. Yeah, with the timer ready. On go. A minute and 30 seconds is okay. what you get. All right? Okay. Here we go. I'm going to try to do this calmly because I feel like I panic. And that's when I start saying it's, stuff like... You're literally <laughs> just staring at me and I'm like, every time you take a pause, it's just you. Yes. Okay. Okay. Don't don't distract me. Okay. okay. Don't literally look at you. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't just stare at you. I'm just going to stare into space. Okay. Ready? Nope. Oh, one, two. Okay, so Susie arrives from America to Germany, which is weird because I thought she was in Italy the whole time. This film's an Italian horror. Um, she arrives, and that night it's stormy, and as she's getting there, this lady's, like, fleeing, going crazy. Susie's like, that's freaking weird, but I'm supposed to stay here. Let me in. And they're like, no. So then uh, we don't follow Susie. We follow Pat, we later learn, on her way to her friend's apartment, or she has her own apartment because the school's weird about roles like that. And she's telling her friend that she's freaking out. And she's like left alone in the bathroom to clean up because it was raining. And then like she sees eyes in the window and she gets attacked and murdered brutally. Right. And then like that's the cut scene. And then Susie goes to school the next day and they're like, oh, this person was murdered. And Susie's like, oh, I should probably tell the police that I saw her. And like she's kind of settling in. She kind of goes to an apartment. But then like they tell her like, no, your room's ready. And she's like, I don't want to stay here. I want to stay at the apartment. And then they make her stay. And she starts to get sicker and sicker and sicker. And her friend, Sarah, they become closer. Sarah's, like, really sketched out and weirded out about everything that's happened since Pat has left. So she's, like, investigating. And Susie's just wine drunk every fucking night. So she doesn't know what's going on. And eventually she stops drinking the wine and, like, clears up when Sarah goes missing. We find out that she was, like, killed by the witches. And she finally goes exploring in the house herself, which is beautiful and red. And she finds the witches. She finds out that it's a coven. And she finds that Helena Marquette is the witch that, um started all this and she's still alive and she kills her and uh she runs out of the school and the school catches fire i showed her the time and she beat it by like five seconds oh my god <laughs> i thought like, i was doing good you were doing good i was actually <laughs> gonna say that we should probably still cut it back to a minute i think it'll be more I fun was, i'm getting too because good <laughs> at, well no at this point we like actually tell the whole story and we're like all right guys well that's the end of the episode no point in listening to the rest of us talking <laughs> no you're clearly just here to hear us talk about our week and our drinking habits <laughs> yeah see you. thanks guys see you next week <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you beat it by five seconds. Good Ooh. job. Proud of you. I know I'm even more sweaty. I was actually thinking you were not going to make it because you were giving a lot of really good detail from the beginning. It's like you talked about the full beginning and then I just start, went straight to the end. To the <laughs> end. <laughs> I did. I was like, fuck, I'm ready out of time. But a lot of like the middle of the movie is them just kind of being like, the teachers are weird, right? You know? Yes. I actually wasn't even thinking about what you said about how school is weird about people staying on campus and not. Mm -hmm. So because there are people who do and there are people who don't. So what so, is their selection process? I know that's weird. Well, let's talk about it because I think I wrote that down. I might have a theory. I might not. On their selection process? <laughs> yeah. On why they're weird. They have to know how to dance. That's it. They have to be children over 12 years old. But still have a curfew for some reason. Yes. They have to be American. Americans. Yes. Americans. Specifically. Was you Pat American? Sura was American. I'm just saying Sura. Sura was American. Are they saying that Americans are just suspicious? But what do you want to say about this movie? In and general? I summarized it. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? What topic? Well, there are a lot of things that happen a, a lot. In the middle that I missed. <laughs> yes. A lot of things happen. I do like the colors. So the colors are a huge deal. 
Kind of like how the colors were a huge deal in Creepshow, where they emphasize certain things happening. Yeah. Because they play a lot with that, because they know, oh, if I put red here in a very dark scene, you're going to want to focus on what's there. They use that to their advantage in some of the scenes where you see shadow yeah. figures. I want to say that the the opening scene is probably one of the most visually stunning in the movie, you know, to get audiences' attention. They're in this, I thought it was a hotel at first, apparently it's an apartment complex. The walls are bright pink. There is, like, stained glass everywhere. And anytime something happens to them, the actors are in complete blue or red. Like, when she sees the eyes through the window and she just keeps staring and, like, a hairy arm comes and, like, shatters her through the glass. <laughs> the kills are kind of weird. I mean, I know, we're I know we're talking about the, the colors right now, but the kills are weird because I don't think it's ever just answered who is doing any so when I first like heard about this movie and I, I read a review, the review made it seem like this was going to be a murder mystery movie. That there was going to be like a, a cross-dressing murder. I don't know where I read this review. It's clearly way off or unless this is what the movie is trying to make you think at the beginning. That it was a cross-dressing murderer that was going around and then you find out that it's witches. But watching it the second time when it's like whenever something creepy happens and it goes like witch. Like mm -hmm. it's very obvious it's a witch movie. <laughs> Right, uh, because the first time I remember thinking it was a murder mystery, you're thinking, okay, which character who is odd throughout this whole movie? There's the butler who they have like a tragic story for. It's like his teeth were missing and he's an ugly man. <laughs> that's and... tragic. <laughs> that's tragic. If that's your life, it's tragic. There's uh, Miguel Bosé. So I thought you was going to bring this up. But yeah. Miguel Bosé is one of the actors in this movie and he is actually well known as a singer in Latin America. Latin America. It's so strange that he's in this film. He looks completely different. He's super young. I, I don't know why I thought the first time I watched this, I remember going into it thinking he would look like he currently does. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw him super young i was like oh that's that's who's that? that that's not him is it yeah he looks crazy <laughs> different and it's interesting to know that his like career started with that and he's like a singer oh he's know? so good dude some of his songs are great he's collaborated with shakira he has everybody a, he has a cd that he has literal every song is a collaboration with another singer of all his classic songs yeah you heard that one pepito i think it's papito Pepito. Pepito. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, because I know my parents like have his CDs and stuff, oh, which so is good. like crazy to see him in this horror movie. Mm -hmm. you know? You're suspicious of him because he's... He's got a crush on Susie. Yes, and he's the only like vis Prominent visibly male strong male character. character who would be going around killing women. Other than the butler, which we already talked about, and then like... The weird kid. Oh, that kid is so creepy. But... Fuck that kid. Yeah. He gets the dog. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. When we see the opening murder scene, the kill is very dainty. Did you notice, like the way they were holding the knife is like yes. it's not like class like uh, Psycho in you know Ding. American Horror where they're like fisting it, which it's, is the way you would hold it. Yeah, it's like have you ever tried stabbing somebody? All the time, every day, <laughs> while you're sleeping. It's not uh, just the, the knife slides in. It's no, it's like you got to put force behind it. I can't even like cut carne when we're cooking it, you know, like. <laughs> but it was so dainty, and it's like uh, your hints that it's. A feminine killer. Even though the arms are super hairy. Super hey, so I am super hairy. I ordered like a pound of wax the other day. <laughs> and you were like, gross. A pound of wax? A pound. Is that for real? Like you actually buy it by the pound? Yes. At least on Amazon. You wow. have to order it. It's like in Costco. You order in bulk the so things, you don't have to buy for a while. The things you do for love. The things you do for love. You didn't <laughs> buy it for me. <laughs> but I, I, I wrote down that that first kill is huge overkill. No, oh, no yes. No pun intended. Because... All right, so this this girl is getting stabbed. These dainty stabs mm -hmm. over and over. She's and not over dying yet. And over and over and over and over. And again. <laughs> and again, yeah. If you get, oh, 
I should have never talked about this on the show. It's like my favorite thing. <laughs> have you? If you guys have want to waste like ten minutes of your life, because I've wasted. I've seen this. Okay, ten minutes of your life wasted when you watch it one time. I've watched it at least fifty times and wasted my time every single time, but worth it because I want to introduce it to people any chance I get. Oh my god! But it's the the world's. Oh, what was the name of the thing? It was the world's horribly slow murderer. With the extremely inefficient weapon. Look it up on YouTube. It's 10 minutes long. It's super crappy, but it's hilarious. It's a guy who goes running around named the Ginosachi who kills you with a spoon. Yeah, and you've referenced this a million times. With a spoon. And again. And again. Let the people watch it. You'll understand. But, yeah, so he's just stamping her daintily. Uh And, again, overkill. He's stabbing her as she falls. And there's this like focus on that he has cut her enough for her heart to be exposed. Oh and yes, also cuts and he stabs her heart, her heart directly, and she's still screaming and going about her life in distress. Well, it could be like a reference to witchcraft because there's so many like I guess in tropes and movies, it's like you cut the heart and that's like part of a ritual or that's that how makes, you kill the witch or you know. And that makes the person who's getting killed still somehow live. Yeah, I think once someone, like, stabs you through the heart, because then eventually they hang her from this, like, stained glass ceiling, and that's when you see her being dead. She would already be dead before that. Yeah, I was like, bro, you didn't have to do all of that. And then this other lady who's been talking to her, her friend, I thought it was, like, one of the teachers or something. No. But she, in the distress, is like, I'm murderer, I'm murderer, running around the building. Nobody's helping her. And through her falling through the glass, she's underneath. Mm-hmm. sees the body hanging but then you get a pan of the girl also got killed th- with glass through her face and metal through her pretty body. decent special effects for the 70s it was insane it's brutal a lot of the deaths in here are brutal yeah, i mean just, all of them are that's brutal. why i think yeah. this movie is like kind of great because it's unsuspecting it's a little bit slow paced but like you said the kills are brutal and like you're like whoa that caught me off guard a little bit also the blood in these films is bright red as opposed to like american film if you're from chicago and have been to the chicago south side i brought up that this blood looks like heine's mild sauce but red redder because in some scenes it does look a little orange but i think that's just the, the the funness of this italian blood i think that's what they were saying is that in italian horror films there's a lot of emphasis on the colors and so this blood is a is a prominent theme theme in horror film yeah, but it looks like hot sauce. It does. Uh, does that make me messed up? Yeah, there's even a scene where when Susie finally figures out that they're like dosing her to sleep with the red wine, she throws it down the sink and it is the thickest wine I've ever seen in my life. It's the same color as blood. Yeah, and she's like <laughs> washing it and it's like blood goes... Like water. Like wine goes like water, but that looks like blood mixed yeah. with wine. Maybe that's what they were using to make her sleep. The next day when she actually does get to go back to the school after Susie has seen this girl run out, doesn't know she's murdered yet. You go in and you meet Mother Blank. Blank. <laughs> they yeah. keep saying in like the dubbed. I don't know if it's dubbed. Oh shit! The power just went out. You said Mother Blank, and that's power. I don't know. Okay, Is we're just gonna keep up? going and hope nothing happens. They want to go check it out. So the lights work now. So I think it was that we said Madame Blanc's name. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> freaky. <laughs> but they keep saying Mother Blanc, Blank in like American, but. I, wouldn't it be like Blanc? Blanc. Like, there's the weird like instructor lady that she meets. What was her name? Uh, like Madame Tenar. 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 That could be wrong. Hold on. Let me look. Who's it Tanner? Tanner. Sounds right. Okay. It's Mother Tanner. She's super strange because every time she talks, it's like she's smiling. No matter what, she's like screaming at people and it looks like she's smiling. She's a very strong lady. She just smiles through it all. She seems to be like the main henchman of 
Madame Blanc. Mm-hmm. Once we see that they're a coven, she's the one who seems to be guiding her through like her actions. And her right hand man. So Susie's here to study ballet, and I was just like, how much do you get paid to be a ballerina to go through like this intense schooling? Once Susie starts to realize that things are going on, she goes and talks to um, this very strange scene that's like a psychiatric person. But it's an exposition scene. I, I actually that next time. called him Mr. Exposition with crazy eyebrows because his eyebrows are fucking insane. Oh, they were. <laughs> they were standing out like three feet ahead of him. <laughs> But, Pepe um, Loquaz, you remember him? No. Do you remember Pepe Loquaz? From? From the Univision. He was like the Muppet character that would come out on the news and he had the giant eyebrows. Mm-hmm. I, I will show you a picture. I'll post it on the notes. Pause. <laughs> you gotta show me. Really? Okay, pause it. Okay, so I showed Vivi the Muppet Pepe Loquaz from Univision. If y'all have seen, like, a Spanish television long enough, you remember Pepe Loquaz. It's a legit Muppet. He's not saying a person looks like a Muppet. I remember now. Yeah, he has crazy <laughs> yes, eyebrows. Yes, that's the eyebrows that this man has. He explains to Susie that the main objective of witchcraft is to obtain money, which makes sense when she first enters the school. Everyone's talking about money. So it makes me think that Susie gets targeted because she's not fully, like, subjecting herself to the coven. Like, she's not, like, assimilating to them. Mm-hmm. And these girls clearly have. Because it's literally, like, she needs an apartment. They're, like, $50. And she's like, I need to borrow ballerina shoes because mine aren't ready. And they're like, okay, I'll give it to you for $15. Like, everything's about money. Do so th- I thought that was interesting that they tied it back to that. So with that same logic, is it understood that all of the other girls that are not the main characters, so Sarah, Pat, Susie, are assimilated people? People who know that this is going on? That's my question because Sarah's really suspicious of the teachers. And I think if I was a student there, I'd be like, who cares what the teachers are doing in the middle of the freaking night? But it could be that they're assimilated to them already. And they're willing to like sacrifice whatever to be witches and to be successful. The guy explains witchcraft. He's like, all witchcraft is evil. All witchcraft is seeking to get power. Oh, yes. All There's a point where he says the occult is mental illness. This whole scene is to talk about how witchcraft is negative and horrible. So it's hard to watch this movie and not compare it to the recent one we watched, which I also love. No, no, no. The new Suspiria. The remake. Oh, yes. Which is not the original exactly. The remake had the girl from... Fifty Shades of Grey, yes. yes. I feel like we watched Suspiria first, the original, mm-hmm. and then we watched the one in 2018. 18. And then now that we watched it again for the show, I can see themes that they pulled from the original to use in the remake, but it's a different movie. Completely different. Someone on Facebook was asking about this movie recently. It's funny. They were asking, like, do I need to watch the old one to watch the new one? Everyone, including myself, responded saying that it's best to... To know the source material. No, it's best (laughs) to act as if both movies are just completely different things. It is, because they are both very good in their own way. And Mm -hmm. I do want to cover the remake eventually. It's so strange. I've never seen a movie that tries to equate witchcraft with like psychiatric issues and like bring in this realm of like mental illness and the occult there are these people who have flaws either naturally or psychologically and automatically the viewer is to assume that these people are the weird ones and so they are probably the problem but like why is that the butler i like said is is the ugly guy but like Mm -hmm. automatically he's a bad guy 
Because you're ugly. Or the weird kid is, like, weird, but he's automatically a weird, like, the bad guy, too. Or there's the the butcher ladies who seem to be, like, the cooks or whatever. Oh, they're just, like, like, foreign, and they make them seem like bad guys. Evil, yeah. Evil, sorry. (laughs) Evil. (laughs) Make them seem evil. That's uh, Mermaid Man still screaming right now. But... (laughs) Are you counting the SpongeBob references? (laughs) But do you know what I mean? I I think it's kind of messed up. I know that in current, like, culture, there's a lot of canceling and things like that. But I don't ever see that that ending. I have a brother who is handicapped. He has cerebral palsy. And I always think about, like... How they're portrayed as the bad guys in old films. In old films and and sometimes even today. And I'm like, okay, we're going to be woke and we're going to try to like battle these issues of that. That doesn't mean this. I I liked American Horror Story for the same reason because there's uh, that that character. She has Down syndrome. She's in multiple seasons. Most notably that I remember her is in Coven. She's one of the witches. And she's she's given power, which I think is really great. I think it's cool to not portray them as like because they're weird they're evil or they're the monster you know it's so funny i remember i i I love harry potter despite the horrible things that jk rowling has currently said but there's a theme in her novels of that that the bad guys look ugly or like if you're a good guy you're handsome and that's like a stereotype in everything if i see a guy who looks good i'm like what does he want evil automatically i do too (laughs) yes trash automatically trash (laughs) if you're good looking and you're listening to this trash i'm just kidding (laughs) do better (laughs) (laughs) use your looks for good not evil. not evil okay we are way off track no we're not because i'm saying that the characters who are obviously weird are portrayed as the evil i mean they are they literally are madam tanner she's like again she's weird because she's always smiling there's this stereotype because this is so the movie takes place in germany she is portrayed as a character that is very commonly used in other films. She's a very strong and almost masculine woman. Uh, I feel like movies that use German women as a strong character always look like this. Mm. They do, always. With the braids in their hair? Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's a very masculine woman, so she's also evil. I wonder if this movie started that trend. Probably not. I mean, I've seen it a lot. A lot. So it's probably just an impression that German women are strong and so they're very masculine. There are very common stereotypes used to say that these are the evil characters. That's why I think Miguel Bosé, he seems like a very nice character. He's so pretty. He's Yeah, he's a, very, he's a really good he's looking dude. He's a pretty dude. man. Yeah, I remember my mom says she had a crush on him. Yeah, he's real cute. I didn't know that he started in ballet or like had some dance background. Because I imagine the actors had to have some ballet experience to portray mm-hmm. these films. Could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, they do pull off those little scenes. That's, I think, a big difference between this one and the remake that happens later. Dance is a very important part of the remake and not so much here. Not diving too far into the new one. The dance is like where you start to see the weird stuff happen. Yeah, dance becomes a ritual. Again, we want to talk about that movie later yeah going back to the characters i'd love to see a movie where it's just a bunch of quote-unquote weird people attacked by quote-unquote normal people because like it's always the opposite so why not yeah there is a film like that it's it's a very old film it's called freaks it is actually probably what inspired american horror story freak show season and it's like a bunch of carnies attack like the conventionally attractive people in the carnival so we should watch that one because i haven't seen it and i wanted to but doesn't that also go back to what i'm saying is that the they take revenge oh. for the way that they've been treated. Okay. Love yeah. that. Love that. <laughs> love that. <laughs> love a good revenge story. Yeah. We didn't talk about the blind pianist that much, but Daniel mm-hmm. is... It's funny because you see him arrive every day and he ta- ties his dog outside and goes... I thought this was like a Western, you know, you tie your horse outside and then you go have a drink in the bar. 
But he ties his German Shepherd to the fence, which is kind of mean because, like, if you have a blind pianist who you know comes, don't here you need your here, service dog all the way? He leaves him outside, yeah. and he has to like guide his way up the stairs and to the back of this because this place is like a maze. He has to guide his way to the back room where the piano is. My favorite thing is that they call rooms like the red room, the yellow room. I'm like, all these rooms are super brightly colored. The whole hallway is red in one of them. Yes, I loved how that looked. Oh, me too. Let's do it in a house. (laughs) It looks like the corridor in Insidious. (laughs) They're walking to the demon. (laughs) There's that one scene where she's walking through the red hall. And it looks like it's a room that's lit with light behind like some sort of colored red glass. But when it zooms in on Susie and how she's starting to feel weird because that kid and the butcher ladies are um, sitting there her. staring at her. They, they have like a shard of glass. Yeah, and it, it says, witch. And yeah. then she starts to feel sick immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but still goes to dance class. Yeah. It zooms in on her and the actual curtain or whatever it was that is the wall is actually red. Like it's that vibrantly red. And I know that people talk about not painting your house red because it can give you headaches. But I've always told huh. you I would love a red room. I like how red looks. I always have headaches, though. So. But not that vibrant. Maybe like a maroon or something. Yeah, we'll tone it down a little bit. Yeah, that'll be our podcast I want a black room. living room. Me too. And uh, people also say that black is horrible. People always say, don't paint your house black. It's too dark. You know what? We should paint our house like the Adams Family. Pink. Oh, yes. like It's kind of like the apartment complex in this film. The Adams Family, the black and white one was filmed in mostly pink because i think the different hues of pink showed up better in black and white so that's why our room can't be black it has to be pink it has like to be your, bright pink like vivi's gamer chair where i don't game we will eventually though keep an eye out for our twitch channel get ready to see me try to jump on an object for 20 minutes <laughs> and then just throw the controller at me. yes <laughs> <laughs> and then loki trying to just get in the camera yeah but yeah no I, I loved the color in this hallway not deviating too much from daniel we'll come back to it but the vibrancy of the blood, the rooms, it's all iconic. When Sarah's about mm-hmm. to die, it's almost like a shadowy figure through red is following her. So I wanted to point out right before Sarah dies, she's illuminated in green. And that's a color we don't see often in this film. Why? It's like the only <laughs> time green ever appears. Yeah. Other than like on the stained glass or whatever. But yeah. it's the only time that green is emphasized. And it makes me think. It symbolizes that she's about to die, possibly. Does it? When Sarah's about to die. Sarah tells Susie all these things about how when Pat was going crazy and not feeling well and wasn't having a good time at the school, would every night tell her, this is happening, this is happening. And she's like, and I was dumb and didn't listen to her. That happened to Pat. And the same thing sort of happens between Susie and Sarah, where Sarah is starting to become very paranoid paranoid and is doing the same to to Susie. But Susie is like, so because of the food, putting her out of the loop, Sarah starts to panic as well. And it makes me think that they just do this often. It's like the same situation as that one over and over. Sarah is Susie's pat, where Pat was Sarah's pat. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. That and makes me think how long has this been going on? Yeah, apparently a hundred years. Yeah. Actually, no. When did they say that? um, It was like eighteen ninety something. Eighteen ninety something. So, quick side note, you guys, this drink's strong. It is. It hit both of us, and we had to hit pause for a second because we were starting to become incoherent. We're blabbing (laughs) at this point. It's beautiful, but it's strong. Yeah, the editing is going to be very hard on this one. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to pick up with one Susie's like bewitched by the creepy little boy and the like maid. She has, like, what they describe as, like, a baby hemorrhage. I don't think you should ever describe a hemorrhage like that. A baby hemorrhage? Just a little bleeding from the eyes and nose and ears and mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Some Heine's hot sauce. Just. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you went a little too hard in the hot sauce. That is very strange because then that's how they force her to stay in the house. And they get this like doctor to take a look at her. And he starts saying like, you need to be on a bland diet. You're fine. You'll be fine in like two or three days. But like he kept saying like, oh, red wine builds up the blood, helps with anemia. And I was, I looked at you. I'm like, is this true? Because I used to be <laughs> <Chugs> very, <wine. laughs> I used to be very anemic in high school, and I wasn't drinking my red wine. I think I solved that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I had said this in the, while we were watching it, but I was like, uh, a bottle of wine keeps the keeps doctor keeps the doctor away because you're already dead. <laughs> <laughs> there are some sort of theories that. Red oh, wine I've heard that it's good for your heart. The abortion. same way that dark chocolate is like good for you once in a while. Cacao. 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 One hundred percent. Cacao. Stop it. This is when they had forced her to move in, too. Yeah. It, it was faked. This was not real. She didn't they really actually... They forced her because they, they bewitched her. When she wakes up from the, the hospital, the, was her name Lady Tanner? Was, yes. like, forcing her to drink water? Water down her throat? <laughs> yeah, it's waterboarding Miss Tanner. And Susie's just fighting her, and she's yeah, like, like drink leave me water. alone. She's, like, forcing a pitcher of water on her face. Was she me? I could drink a gallon of water in one sitting, but you do. Susie's too small for that. After the scene, we get she's kind of like recovering, taking care of herself. Scene and the raining maggots yes. is what I would call. I I hate the scene. What do the maggots have to do with anything? Just another. I think creep maggots factor. represent like you know in the Bible there's like plague and there's like the infestation of locusts or vermin in some sort. I think maggots are are considered that a fact that has always grossed me out so much. Is that in old times they would use maggots on wounds to clean out wounds because they eat bacteria. Like leeches? Where leeches. Or where they leech the blood. Yeah. Yeah. I think leeches wasn't as proven, but like maggots do eat like bacteria and bad things. And I'm like, that's disgusting. You're dying of a wound and they put maggots in it? You said leeches aren't as proven. I think both are just trash. Yeah. I think this is old timey medicine (laughs) just not working. And drink some red wine while you're having the maggots eat you you alive. If you suck the, if you drink enough red wine, the leeches will suck it out of you and also. And be drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you'll just get the effects of the red wine, but then they'll also suck out the alcohol. So it's not affecting you in a bad way. There you go. Cirrhosis for the liver. Science. (laughs) Yeah, that scene really grossed me out because it's like falling through the ceiling and affecting like everyone in the dorms, basically. Ends up being just dried meat. They claim that, but I think it's a dead body. What else do you do with your dead bodies? Except put them in the attic. Yeah, that scene, I I always remember it grossing me out. As a result, they all sleep together. And that's when Sarah starts to tell Susie that there is a wheezing. This is important for later. Because it's how you identify that the main witch is still alive. So Sarah says that the last time that she had heard someone with the same snoring pattern who had like a whistle at the end of their snore would sleep next door to her. And so fast forward later when Susie happens to run into this room, she hears the exact same snore and whistle. Yeah, the scene is very much a like, why does this matter? Because Sarah seems very afraid that she's telling her that the direct is there and this is how she snores and they look very afraid and it's like why you're just telling her that the director is there behind them sleeping and she's old yeah like that's just how she's or not old that's just how she snores yeah she could have problems you don't know our friend alex part of the generationally unaware podcast hashtag plug he he told me that his wife one time like because he's got a horrible snoring problem oh yeah just punched the fuck out of him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the middle of the night and he was like can you imagine just sleeping 
and just being woken up by a sharp just jab to the back. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I mean, you can because you say I beat you in my sleep. But... You're the one who beats me up. <laughs> Side note, they had their baby. They yay! Did. Congrats, yay! Also, oh, and Daryl and, and Ellen, our friends, also had their baby. Yeah. So yay! <laughs> <laughs> Follow them too. They're fun, fun people. <laughs> so yes, I, did, I agree. It's funny that they would pay attention to these kinds of things for the sake of moving Building the story, the story. Forward. <laughs> they note these things and how else would you do it to be like hey pay attention to her snoring so daniel come back to daniel daniel has a situation where he shows up to work, work like every other day and th- this death i don't understand because like why just choose to hate daniel out of nowhere like if he's worked here for a long time you're just like fuck daniel i think it's and to show self and his dog that they destroy people who cross them, even if it's like minor inconvenience, which is like like later talked about in the psychiatric part of this film. Yeah, the little German Shepherd dog who never gets a name is outside. It's, it's his, his service dog. Service He's blind. Dog. He's just chilling outside. Looks kind of like Loki because Loki's supposed to be a German Shepherd, Rottweiler, Pit mix. He's supposed to be. He is. <laughs> he just didn't grow very tall. He just tall. didn't grow very big. Yeah. This dog is like just chilling there outside in the sun, sunbathing, and this kid and this lady show up and they like mean mugging the dog and the dog's like i don't care and later miss tanner runs in to yell and scream at daniel and tell him you're a stupid dog bit my what's his name arthur what's, the what's the head lady's Brand's nephew nephew yes she's like we're very close i'm like that's creepy <laughs> but i thought that was strange because service animals are trained specifically to not interfere with anyone nope. just to do their job we have a job and that's to be there yeah. for this blind man yeah and the blind man he's kind of funny because he she's like yelling at him the entire time and he's like i'm blind not deaf <laughs> do you <laughs> get it he repeats it so many times yeah it's it's a interesting scene but I think it's just meant to show that, like, when you cross the witches in any sort of way... It doesn't matter how, like... Little. Little you are, yeah. Yeah. They will get revenge. Stupid. Next scene is we see Daniel at a bar. This bar is awesome. Again, it's Germany. It's a German bar where they're doing some, like, slapping dance. Yeah. I Tell us about for, it, Eric. You're German. I apologize for being ignorant because <laughs> I don't know this dance. <laughs> in Chicago, there's this... I think it's a chain that's Hop Rouse. Yes. And a couple years back, my ass was purple because if you take but a shot why? <laughs> because if you take a shot they and all my friends did it so i love you guys for having done that with me oh we have, videos, we have videos all of you guys we can post them if we want <laughs> i have them yeah uh but my ass was so purple like horribly purple my mom was worried because she was like it's just your whole back is purple because why they paddle the crap out of you yeah, yeah three times they do like two minutes. they give paddles. you a shot to take at the end of it but they paddle you Three a million times, times. Yeah. and like because it was my birthday everybody was because it was shots. your birthday and we invited like 20 friends everyone bought you a shot <laughs> to get your ass beat oh yeah it was a good time oh yeah. it was crazy that's what this scene reminded me of too there's like competitions if you could like hold a sign with a beer with your arm up without falling i lost but we should go back oh man you'd beat me <laughs> it's not even a competition so daniel is here hanging out getting his ass paddled and he leaves with his German Shepherd dog, and they end up walking through this like center. Seems like it's like there's a lot of Capitol buildings. It looks like it looks like it, yeah. And he starts to hear whispers and chants, and the music Creepy amplifies, music. And, and the dog's freaking out, and he mm-hmm. doesn't know why. And we find out that the witches bewitch the dog to attack its owner. It's a sad scene because then it's not the... sad. He got to eat raw, <laughs> like a bougie dog. <laughs> the dog was probably fine with it Uh, it's funny because the dog like runs away from the cops like he knows he's committed a crime (laughs) he does (laughs) 
It was funny because with all the barking, Loki started like looking at the screen, and we're like, "No, no, no, no! Don't look at where the dog Don't eats the owner's neck." <laughs> it was almost like on cue. Loki was watching the screen the whole time, and then and then he looked the... at us like, huh, "Huh, I can do that." That's an option. <laughs> <laughs> so if we things die... are about to change around here. <laughs> <laughs> if we die, you guys know it was Loki. It was Loki. <laughs> Way to make light of a terrible scene. <laughs> it is dramatic. He's like ripping at. The it's sad. Meat, yeah. It is sad because these are two characters that you would imagine are harmless. So all these strange things are happening. All these people are dying. All these like illnesses are happening to Susie. And Sarah kind of wakes up to what Pat was telling her in the beginning of the film. And Sarah is in Susie's room like almost every night trying to tell her like something weird's happening here. Susie's new. And I think because she saw Pat leave, she's standing out amongst the girls because she heard something the first night that she wasn't supposed to. Yeah, Sarah reveals to her that the reason that she wasn't let in that first day was because she was with Pat, and when Pat left frantically, Sarah was the one that was telling Susie, get out. You can't come in. You can't come in. Go away. After spending a couple nights in Susie's room talking about these things, Susie, because she's kind of like drugged out, she's like, the teachers aren't leaving you can hear their footsteps, you can hear but they their... go one direction, which is not the direction of the door. Which I was like... Who puts that together? Mind blown. You have to have an amazing sense of direction, and an care. amazing sense of direction, and an amazing sense of hearing. And care. Yes, and she was half drugged when she noticed this. I would not. I would never notice. No, a lot of, again, I think it's to push the story forward. Yeah. But a lot of things that are like, it's because this, it's like, dude, that's a reach. That's a bit No much. one would ever notice that. No. Later on, you even hear her like, oh, I have to count the number of footsteps it takes. Like, they could literally walk in circles. In one direction or another direction. Or be pacing. That wouldn't work out. And it's in one of these scenes where she's in a room that she, like, finally decides to run out of the room. It seems like... Did you get this? I don't know if I was, like, interpreting it wrong. But, like, a light kind of goes off behind Susie's mirror. And it seems like someone's coming through the mirror. So that Sarah runs out of the room. I do remember the light going off. I don't remember seeing anybody, though. Well, something scares her enough to leave that room and start wandering throughout the school. Sarah's death scene, essentially. It's kind of fucked. And we talked about how this is actually a really dumb death. Because... This is the scene that is so strange to me. It's the one where the music is so suspenseful and then it stops. And a combination of very bad choices. Yes, because <laughs> the killer is trying to unlock the door that she's run behind. And, and using some weird... it takes them forever. The music cuts and like it's, it's like just <laughs> Sarah... <laughs> Building furniture on top of a window to get out. It wasn't furniture. It was a bunch of empty luggage bags. Because yes. at first I was judging her for thinking. Which is interesting, right? Where are all these empty luggage bags coming from? Is it from girls that have been previously murdered? That's where all the dry meat is. Yeah. The dry girl meat. But this is where Goblin, Goblin the band, got tired of this killer just taking forever. And you know what? We're going to take a break, guys. But Sarah's death scene. Makes no sense. No, it like bothers me to my core she escapes through this window and she just jumps down this window without looking where she's landing and it's filled with barbed wire the part that doesn't make sense about that is because she pauses she stands there looks across and is like there's an open window and then just hops down like wouldn't she try to jump across to the window i don't know if i would jump at all i told you i would just hold down the lock (laughs) that this killer is struggling so hard to open to what end though you just stay there all night Yes. <laughs> Better than being cut up by barbed wire. That scene, like, the whole time she's, like, struggling and screaming in it, I, I feel like I feel it in my body, like, all the cuts. 
that she would be getting and it's just so unsettling. I tried to imagine that if that happened to me, your thought is just stop moving. She's panicking the whole time. So that it doesn't continue to cut you, but mm -hmm. you've already been cut. So would you be able to stop moving? Because you're already laying in it. So there's already pins in you. You know what I mean? But there's a difference. Like, you stop moving. And she's, like, rolling around, screaming in it. Continuing like, to cut herself. nonstop. I think the killer just got there to be like, yo, bitch, I'm going to put you out of your misery because you dumb. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to do all this. But... Yeah, you did this to yourself. <laughs> but no, because if this is the same killer, he's all about overkill. Yeah, that's true. And it was, like, ugh, <laughs> this such is an uncomfortable why... feeling. This is why you need to see Saul. Because there's a bar. Should that bar be our next movie? That you should. I think so. All if, right, if guys, think, watch Saw for next week. If you think so you you're ready to talk Saw. about it. Yeah, Vivi is like stayed away from Saw because she hates. That I kind have, of stuff. but uh, I think in order to see Spiral, we're gonna see Saw. Oh, I do want to see Spiral. So next movie, but yeah, her kill is like the killer just does come and slit her throat. Sarah dies of death. Yes, and then the next day, Susie wakes up and is like, "Where's my BFF?" And they're like, she left in the middle of the freaking night, girl. Damn. She don't like you. And Miguel Bosé lies for them, which he makes does. me think he knows. This is what I'm saying. It's that Miguel Bosé never gets revealed to be anything other than just an accomplice. Because he's not even in the last scene. He's not even in the finale. Mm. This is also probably just me being like, Miguel Bosé is great. Love him. He can do no harm. He's not a bad guy. No, his face is like a baby. He has a baby face. It's like, this, can't, this man can't do anything bad. Mm. Mm. What? <laughs> You'd be tricked by a baby face? No. Because I hate a lot of people. With baby faces? Yes. You, for example. Specifically. <laughs> Starting with my wife. <laughs> Going back to having had this exposition scene, there was one thing I wanted to point out about what this man said. Yes, because he is Sarah's friend and Sarah has talked about him before. So Susie reaches out to him like, well, yo, where did she go? And that's when she meets with him and starts talking. This is where she finally is kind of like, mm, they might be witches and starts asking questions because of all of Sarah's suspicions, not her own. So the guy says that he basically heard from her that in 1895, this academy was funded by Greek immigrants. It was believed that she was a witch, and so they expelled her from a lot of European countries. She was named the Black Queen. So she had found the Ballet Academy, and Madame Marcus, in a fire, died. Mm -hmm. And so this is the part that I think is suspicious. They were like the cult because they thought she was a witch and was doing her witchcraft behind the scenes at this Ballet Academy. We're like, well, now that she's dead, the witchcraft is over because mm -hmm. she's not there anymore, but her favorite student... Took over. It's like, okay, so if I'm like, hey, I'm like the main person in charge. I'm the black queen. I'm the biggest person in witchcraft right now. And everyone hates me. I'm the My baddest bitch in star... witchcraft right now. <laughs> <laughs> My star student is going to take over and not continue what I've been doing this entire time. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, no, it's probably not. No, him. it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do mention that she started the school teaching ballet and the occult, which is like, yes, obviously the two are related. And this is where the dude's like, mm. paranoia and magic are like the same thing. But he also mentions that magic is an appendage of contemporary psychiatry. Cool. Can I major in magic? <laughs> I think this is the second episode where you talk about just do wanting you... to get drafted into the witchcraft. Listen, have you, <laughs> obviously, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, but the Adams Family too. Family values. Yeah. I remember the scene so much. It makes me laugh. Morticia's trying to get back into the workforce because Gomez has lost all the money. Uh -huh. And she's like in the unemployment office. <laughs> and she's like, what did you major in? And she's like, hexes and potions. And she's like, liberal arts and sciences. <laughs> My degree of communication is in liberal arts and sciences. 
There you go. You're a Morticia man. There you, you go. I modeled my whole life after her. <laughs> but they do say that witches only create harm. He compared Covens Without a Leader to a cobra without a head. Without a head. So this makes me wonder, if Madame Marcus is dead. Allegedly. And they mentioned that her, her star student took over. That means that Blanc was her star student. I correct? believe so, yes. It goes back into my thing. Like I wouldn't assume that her star student is I'm not just gonna, gonna shun half of the teachings that she gave me. Yeah, these people are stupid. People like will choose what makes them feel comfortable. That's like saying Thanos died and And what's her name? Lady Midnight? Madam Midnight? Hold on. The Squidward dude. Squidward dude. What's his name? Proxima Midnight is the name of the girl. Okay. That's like saying like Thanos is dead, so now Proxima Midnight's in charge and she has absolutely none of Thanos' values. Sure. I believe you on that one. I don't know. So Susie goes back that night and she discovers that everyone has left for like an opera theater show and it's just her. And she's kind of freaking out. Cause she's pissed because they didn't invite her. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> Shit, I'm part of the school. I think it was like the witches trying to kill her while everyone was out mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be suspicious and they Makes wouldn't sense. have witnesses. Is everyone in on it then? Because if they're trying to yeah. hide it, why would they? They're do all this? willing to leave immediately. And she calls this friend of Sarah's who's a psychiatrist which I found their relationship super weird if you're my psychiatrist and I went to you for a problem and they're like she got over it and then we were friends afterwards I don't think ethically that's a thing I don't think you could be friends with your psychiatrist it's like in how I met your mother where she dated her therapist I don't think you can turn that off without continuing to analyze the other person I wonder how like therapists and psychiatric People have friends without like, constantly analyzing their friends and their and partner. Date. Yeah, That's interesting. I would like to know about that. If you know anything about that, please email us at yeah. Shaking Out Scourge after this exposition dump of why the school is the way it is. The rest of the movie kind of takes its course into the end. Yes, it like speeds up from here. Because Susie now has realized fucked up shit's happening at this place. And so she has run in with a bat somehow. Yes, she does. <laughs> the night where everyone's left to another showing and it's just her she's dumped her poison or like tranquilizer down the drain hot sauce wine hot sauce wine and she is like now aware and she hears them walking around so she actually follows them through the house and this is where she realizes what she heard that first night that she was there and it's that i saw the secret behind the door where the what's the type of flower behind the iris flower turned the blue one it's interesting because earlier in the movie, she talks to the headmistress, probably in front of those flowers, right? Yeah. And you don't realize that. Mm. That's pretty cool. So Susie finally goes exploring, following the footsteps that her friend had like laid out on how to follow them into the house. She finds the secret room and she sees like this hallway that's covered and it looks like different languages it's Mm -hmm. it's meant to be creepy but i'm sure it's just different languages saying like the occult and things like that and it leads to a room where you can see the coven talking conveniently talking about her about how they need to kill the american bitch and like how they are cursing her at that moment and like she starts to feel ill we see sarah's body in the bin Mm -hmm. and Susie still hasn't been discovered Susie is hiding. I, I thought when the butler and the little boy yeah. walk out, I thought they knew she was there. It seemed like it I went heard out. something and they were searching for her. So she went to go hide. And that's where she runs into her friend Sarah's body, which has like needles in her eyes and arms. And it's, it's like pretty gruesome looking. Mm-hmm. So she just stumbles into a room to hide. And this is when she discovers the headmistress. Marquise or yes. Marcos. Helena, which would make her like hundred something years old. 
Witchcraft makes yeah. you live forever. It keeps you young. It's better than Pond's face cream. <laughs> Pond's face cream. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of like tries to run out of the room, but she sees that that weird butler dude is also looking for hers, and he stole her lighter. It's an interesting lighter. It's got a clock on it. Yeah, pretty cool. Important from before, Sarah had pointed out that the directress's snoring was odd, and she, she bumps, bumps into in. the peacock with pool balls kind of statue. It's a statue, but like this whole room is like pretty cool. It's like beautiful and creepy at the same time. And there's a bed in the center, old school with style. With a curtain. Yeah. It's between facing the butler and this witch. And like the peacock she knocked over has like spikes in it. It looks like knives almost. And this scene reminded me of a video game. Yeah. I like couldn't help but think that. Showdown. Well, you have the final boss and you have to understand how to defeat the enemy, right? And so in this one, she notices that every time that the lightning strikes or there's thunder, that this witch's body, her outline lights up. Yes. Every single time there's lightning. But before that happens, the witch reanimates her friend's corpse to attack her. Oh, yes. Yeah. And she looks terrifying and she's like laughing creepy. She's like, you're going to meet death now. The living dead. You're going to meet death now. And her friend runs out with a knife. And that's when Susie's panicked to understand how to kill the witch. She has to decide between defending herself against the zombie and trying to kill the head witch. And like you said, the lightning illuminates her. Every single time. It's yeah. like she waits three or four times. You can see her body illuminate again like a boss. And you mm-hmm. have to figure out... Like a boss, you got to figure out how to kill the enemy. <laughs> and she just strikes her in the neck. And you see the full, the real form of Helena Marcus. And she looks very old, very decrepit, very much like the grandfather in um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah. Or the iconic, what a witch looks like. Yeah, the like hag, typical like grayish green. Once she does kill her though, is like the entire school starts to crumble. It's like an earthquake is happening. I was reading in the fun facts, the actress was actually kind of afraid when she was filming this scene because although things were exploding around her, she said that she was actually afraid that things would hit her. Hurt her. Yeah. I could see that. You pointed out that she looked like Snow White running through the forest. Well, because she's like moving back and raising her hands and going, oh. She's like, oh. It's a very dramatic run out of the building. I like how the doors are opening in front of her to let her out. There's one part where she goes to grab the doorknob and doesn't. And then the doorknob explodes. It's like, and then it opens. (laughs) She's like, thank you. Yeah, it's. The ending is weird. It is because. You think so? Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed this, but when she's walking away, when she finally makes it out and she's in the rain or whatever, she's like very panicked still. But then she kind of is like, huh, oh. And then she's like smiling and just slowly walks off. She's kind of laughing. She's doing her slow motion walk as the explosion goes off behind her because the school catches fire. Credits. Yeah, that's literally (laughs) it. I think there's something there about like she entered the school in the rain and she left the school also in the rain. It's purifying, you know, like you could comment that. But it also was like Helena Marquez was said to die in a fire years previously. And that's how this school is actually brought down. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's how it ends. So did Miguel Bosa die or? No, he was at the show. Ooh. The rest of the school good. was at that's the show, all I right? About. He's the only character I care about. Yeah. What if it think? wasn't clear, we when she's like first entering this hallway, she sees the like headmistress and the follower doing like an unholy communion kind of thing. She feeds that uh, was her name, like Tanner. An ostia. Lady Tanner. Yeah. She's like, I want her dead, but here's the body yeah. of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Yeah. I why do you make noises about church? Yeah. Yeah. Here. That's the sounds priest make. Obviously. You gotta swap spit in the wine glass. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. That's anyway. the wine that put her to sleep because anyway. it was everyone's germs. <laughs> How did you think of the movie? I think it's a good time. I want to see the other two because it makes me want to know more about what is going on. Knowing that there's a trilogy, 
shifts my mindset on this movie because it made me think this was a standalone. Before we knew that, I thought it was. Oh a, yeah, like, we thought it was a standalone. I mean, it's all. great. It could be a standalone because it's the first. It's fine on its own, but I want to know more. I want to know like, does that mean that Marquise is alive still? Or what do they do her origin story or something? It is great. The brutal kills are insane. So if you like horror and like for that factor, it's a good time. The themes, the music, it all comes together nicely. Yeah. What about you? I love this movie. It's probably one of my favorites. It's a little slow pace at times, but it I think it pays off. I think it's great. The music's great. The images are beautiful. The coloring is beautiful. Like, to me, it's a 10 out of 10. Oh, really? Yeah. I would say 9. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. really good. The only thing is, like, we're not sure if it's dubbed or not. It definitely sounds like they filmed it, and then the audio was put on top of it. Yes. Yeah. That's the way it feels, but when we started to read... I, I can read lips well. You can. I cannot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was starting to say, like, oh, I thought this movie was in Italian, and it was just... But they do match up sometimes, but then sometimes not. This movie is kind of intimidating because it's, like, revered so well as, like, one of the great horror classics. And, you know, there's other films like The Shining and things like that that would be intimidating to cover. Mm-hmm. But I do really like this movie. Yeah. And if you hate us, I mean, what else? Go watch the movie yourself and do your own review. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you felt like we missed out on something. But do you want to talk about what scared Loki? He was spooked by the music. And yes. if the music was meant to spook the actors, they also spooked Loki. He specifically... They spooked Loki. Spook Luki. <laughs> Specifically scared him when they would go, Witch! 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 And he was like, what? Yeah, he, he was spooked. I wouldn't say he was, like, fearful. But he, he was, was like, what is happening? happening? Every, he was passed out for the most of the movie. But oh, yes, every time was. Witch would come up... He'd up. wake up. Yeah. He wanted, he's a witch dog and he knows. He's like, oh no, they found me. Well, didn't, like, <laughs> one of your relatives say we got a witch dog when we got him? Yeah, they said that he was a dog of the witches. That's he why acts he's like a, a demon. Mess. He's such a mess. You want to tell us about it, Loki? Makes sense. I knew you were a demon dog. Yeah, just don't get any ideas from that dog that ate his owner. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on Suspiria. As always, we hope you guys had a good time here. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod. Send us an email at shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. Our Twitter is different. It's Shaken Scared Pod. And. You can support the show on Patreon. We'll name our next drink after you with mentions on our website where the drink page will live forever. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Stitcher, a bunch of others. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. We just hit 600 downloads. Again, we're still looking for some Apple reviews, so please do it. Baby has been begging. Begging. We're also, like, becoming more active on Podbean, commenting on stuff. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.